Hi there, welcome to another episode of Life Against the Current, where we acknowledge and empower non-traditional and unconventional paths to successes and goals. With me, Elaine Vargas. And me, Alexandra Stefanov. Today, I have the absolute honor and pleasure to share the story of not only my partner in this awesome project, but also my best friend, Alexandra Stepanov. Before I begin, I'd like to provide a couple of updates of Life Against the Current. Number one, we initially aimed to deliver an episode a week, but we quickly realized that our schedules are kind of didn't allow that. Therefore, we will be releasing a new episode every two weeks rather than weekly. Also, <laughs> also, Alexandra will now be behind the scenes as editor-in-chief and coordinator of Life Against the Current. So that entails any social media and communications we put out. And now to regular programming. Today, we're going to be talking about her Life Against the Current story, which goes from overcoming a toxic relationship to traveling the world and all while juggling a trillion things that includes a master's program and internships. So without further ado, my dear Alexandra, what is your life? Drum roll. (laughs) What is your life against the current story? Well, I'm happy you asked. (laughs) Yes. Um, (laughs) um, I'm obviously nervous. (laughs) You got this. Uh, Well, my life against the current story I would say, I mean, it started before this, but I think the most significant stuff started my um, senior year of college. Well, my junior and senior year of college. Um, I was a bit lost identity-wise. I didn't know who I was. I felt insecure in all of those things, and that led me to be involved in a toxic relationship um Mm -hmm. but at this point you didn't you didn't know that it was a toxic relationship like it was normal at first if i don't recall it was relatively normal at first and then and not really (laughs) um Mm -hmm. i'm not sure it was ever normal um i just kind of convinced myself that it was and nothing was really bad at that point and so it didn't seem like it was bad um okay and then once I got to my junior year things started to get or well like the second half of my junior year things started to like get a little bit fuzzy and I was kind of um wondering what what was going on and I was like questioning if that was if the things that were happening were healthy or if they were um completely off the tracks and um not what should be happening in a relationship and then um over the summer things progressed and got worse until the fall where I um I mean it, it was not good um and I remember getting to the point where um and I remember exactly like what like the cut like all of the the entire day where I made the decision to leave um I like is imprinted in my memory um I remember yes 
if you don't mind. So let's take a little step back. What at what moment did you take a step back and analyzed the relationship and noticed that it was not healthy to continue and that maybe you need to do something about it? Um, there were a lot of moments. I don't think that there was just one. Um, okay. There, I remember the first time that I ever thought anything of it, there was like just this really huge argument and a lot of accusations that were completely unfounded and just um, not okay for somebody to, to say. Um, there were like the beginnings of like physical things, um, but it was all strange. It was like flicking my nose really hard or like just it, it just really strange things that I never would have classified as like an abusive, yeah, Abuse. as abusive right. actions. And so I didn't think of them like that and I didn't understand them, but I remember questioning it. And after that, like blowout argument, I remember like, um, I was, I was actually on my way back to Miami and, um, on the bus ride home, um, I remember like Googling the characteristics of an abusive relationship and what, what that looked like. And that was the first time that I like seriously questioned what, what's going on here. And yeah, but like I said, there were, it wasn't just one moment because even, even after I like Googled it and I was, I had an idea of what characteristics looked like and stuff. um, There were a lot of, shaky moments for me and I didn't to be honest um abusive relationships excuse the French like fuck with your head you know um so for a long time I went back and forth and I thought I was the abuser um because that's what that's actually like one of the characteristics of an abusive relationship is like that kind of um that kind of lying and manipulation um yeah com- is comes with it and so um that was one of the things that this person made me believe that like in any time that I said anything it was always it was always me I was always the one it was always was, your fault yeah I was always the one that was um saying something wrong or doing something wrong or being abusive and and for a long time I had a lot of trouble distinguishing like whether or not I was being abused or is it was because he always felt victimized um yeah I don't really I don't know um I think that a lot of it has to do with like the psychology behind the person themselves right um and I think that there were a lot of insecurities at play personally. Um, and I'm not sure that I had much to do with that. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think once things, and I don't, I don't know like if this is a bad opinion to have, um, but um for me, 
in my personal experience, um, one th- once things started to get more physical, um, there was not really any denying that I was the one that was in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, and to that extent, I really feel for the people that go through emotional abuse and only emotional abuse um, because it's so hard to like understand and to think it's confusing I'm just like thinking about it as I'm like staring about like staring into space thinking about what you're talking about I'm sure it could be so confusing because like you're saying there's like no technically physical abuse it's just a lot of emotional and I'm sure some mental abuse but it's just like you don't know what to grab because there isn't really there something tangible to grab exactly once I had something to grab that was it like right and I and I remember latching on to specific things like I I remember that's like what got me through was the fact that like anytime that I questioned myself anytime I was like well you know Maybe I am the abusive one. Maybe I did do these things. Um, I would remember that, like, nobody deserves the kind of treatment that I had been put through, regardless of of anything. Right. So, and that kind of helped me. That was, like, the one thing that I was like, well, you know, if, even if I was a terrible person, I don't deserve to be treated like this. Right. So, um seeing all of those things, um, I still naively thought that I could get through my lease because I did have a lease. Um, With him. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, I thought I could get through the end of the year. And then I remember um, there was one particular day where in the morning um, we had an altercation and it was particularly jarring and um I had to leave the house I mean I was trying to get to to class that morning um but I remember not being able to make it to class um and I just like hid in the bathrooms um and I was still on the fence, but later on that same day, I decided that I wanted to leave. Um, and I found an apartment within a couple of days and, um, and I left and it was the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, but I did it. And I think that was the first moment that I can say, was truly against the current, I guess, because I don't know, my life changed after that. And it wasn't just about like, you know, you go through shit and you see shit and you have to deal with it and you make your way. It was more than that. It was, it was, it was a choice. I am privileged to say that I had the ability to make that choice. Um, Not everybody gets that. Absolutely. And I'm like, you're saying this story and I'm at a loss for words. And that's why like, I'm letting you speak a lot because it, it, we hear it. I think now more than ever about 
these type of issues among relationships and like society in, in and of itself and the hardship of someone breaking free and breaking through can take years upon years upon years to do and the fact that you did it so courageously and being so young because I feel like personally I've I from what I hear a lot uh in the news and you know like entertainment uh, these type of abuse happen a little older happen in a marriage they happen when you have a family you know when you're a little older but you I guess at this point you were like what 20 21 22 ish so you you're fairly young you're just dipping your toes in the dating scene for something like this to happen it must have been very big and for you to break through even bigger so I I as your best friend that I love you so much and you obviously have heard me say this before I am extremely proud of you for literally going through the current and and just swimming and swimming and swimming and swimming and I'm sure you still continue to swim every single day of your life thank you yeah I do want to say though um, statistically speaking surprisingly the people that go through the most amount or the the largest population that goes through abuse is 20 year olds wow in in their 20s to 30s after that and and like I said I know that I am incredibly lucky to have the privilege um, and to have been in the kind of socioeconomic space to be able to move out um and I made a decision that was not just about the decision, and mm-hmm. I know that, um, but a large portion of it was me deciding that I was not going to be doing it anymore. Um, most of that decision came from my want to graduate. And I knew that staying in that house was not going to allow me to graduate. Um, And most people that go through that kind of thing have something like that. Um, I know people that for them, it was their pets. Um, And seeing their pets have to endure any sort of harm was the thing that made them leave. And so there's always like a thing. And for me, it was graduation. Um, So I'm left and I, I don't know, like I said, it changed a lot of things. I feel like after I left, I all of a sudden, like not necessarily all of a sudden, um, but I gained a deeper sense of self and a um, more rooted feeling of confidence I would say so I'm like (laughs) you should see my face right now I should be like after that whole thing happened the Alexandra that I knew before like changed and in a way you're yeah yeah yeah. but in a way that you're describing it though like in a way that you literally were so in tune with yourself like I have never seen you be so in tune with yourself with your emotions with your body with literally who you are. I, I feel like that was the year that I saw 
Alexandra be raw and be real with herself? I had to be. Yeah. Um, I was facing <laughs> facing a lot of shit. I um, bet. So I just and and it was also the year that I decided that I was <clears throat> gonna do things the way that I wanted to do them, and and I was going to live life for myself and not for other people because up until that point I had been living my life for other people um which is so hard to break through that cycle because you living your life for other people and seeing their happiness and seeing how well received that was I bet it must be really difficult because you know it's kind of like it shapes you it shapes who you are yeah, yeah, it does. Um, I think... <sighs> I don't want to attribute this um, to the abuse, necessarily. Mm-hmm. But part of it, I would say, comes from that. Um, you get broken down so many times. Um, and you eventually realize that, like... It doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter if you cooked dinner and did all of these things. Nothing is going to change that. And you're still going to have an argument at the end of the night. And you're still not going to get any sleep. And you're still going to get three. Like, all of the consequences are still going to be the same. Right. Um. So why shouldn't I just do what I want? Yeah. Um, it takes courage, though. It takes a big, big, <laughs> big amount. I think it takes an, an amount of courage that you didn't know you had. Yes. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. So to me, that was when th- my life kind of like literally just, I, I don't know. I just... I don't want to say that my life began, um, but I felt like I had freed myself from right. something really deep that I had been holding on to my whole life, Right, which was like all of these insecurities and this like want to please other people instead of myself and all of those ty- kinds of things, not really like paying attention to my needs. Um I let that shit go real quick. Right. No, and and you needed to. I feel like this was a moment when something like this happens, you self-reflect. And you self-reflect on all the good, the ugly. Like, literally, you reflect on everything. So, I mean, I, side note, didn't go through, like, something obviously as deep as this. But I, I did go through some pretty ugly shenanigan and I feel like the Elaine that was then is not the Elaine that is now and it makes me and it makes it I'm pretty sure you feel this way too it makes me kind of sad because that Elaine was like the happy go lucky Elaine yes the one that believes in the good and everything and that there's no evil in this world but sometimes we need to hit our heads really fucking hard to kind of change that perception and it doesn't make us a colder human being it doesn't make us a bitch it just 
means that we've gone through some shit that has toughened us up and that had has made us a little bit have more layers and calluses so we're not broken down as we were broken down before yeah i agree i agree um yeah it's a defense mechanism you know it's a total defense mechanism it's a total defense mechanism because i'm pretty sure you will agree hurt me once shame on you hurt me twice nope it ain't happening exactly not shame on me but no it's not happening (laughs) no exactly no it's not happening it's not happening like (laughs) yeah yeah and mm-hmm. and I think to a certain extent, like you, be- I mean, and I know, I know that you know this too, um, but you become wary of all of those things, you know, like you, you pay more attention. To- Maybe too yeah. wary. <laughs> um, yep. But anyways, uh, so all of that happened and then I started traveling and I, um, so I was looking at, I remember at the beginning of the year, I was looking at master's programs in rhetoric and composition. And I was like, I'm totally going to become a professor. Um, this is what's going to happen. And um, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I found myself applying for international education programs. And um, uh-huh. I have no idea how that happened. It's like I woke up one day and I just <laughs> like, like, I literally don't. Fuck yeah, it. I literally don't even remember when I made that decision I don't have a recollection of that I just I did it and it felt right and it felt like what I wanted to do um at that point I had had an internship um with the department of state teaching a class with an embassy and I really really liked it and I was like I like education I like teaching I like doing these things and I really think that the world would benefit from uh intercultural understanding and oh yeah so I just I don't know I don't and I like I still don't remember when I made the decision but it happened and (laughs) I started applying for programs and I got into my top choice and um and then and that was like right before you know my the end of my undergrad um but I did my last two courses um I was an Italian minor in college and so I did my last two courses in Italy and that was Molto bene. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um and that was the beginning um spent two months in Italy phenomenal um a- anybody that's listening to this that's in college that hasn't studied abroad needs to study abroad um I had an Italian professor tell me once, um, you don't have the money right now, but you have the time. And later on, you are you might have the money, but you're never going to have the time. And I love yeah. that. And she was like always saying that and very much like, you need to do this now. Um, and I look back and that was like the smartest thing ever. I wish I had done more study abroad like I wish I had done a full semester or a full year um and I regret that but there's no changing it now um hey but you've done your fair share of meeting places and culture so I I cannot wait for you to get to that point so you can share with our listeners um 
You're getting there. I feel it. Yeah, I was, I was, I was moving. I was moving. <laughs> so I started my master's program, and then um, that was another one that, like, I I ended up moving back home because it's an online, partially online program, um, and then I went to um, I did our first study abroad class um, in Vietnam. I spent like I don't know a week ish um in Vietnam and um that was phenomenal and that was another one that kind of like snowball effect and kind of just kicked everything into place um and after I came back from Vietnam I was home for a couple more months and I left and I went to Spain for another three months and I taught um English I taught in a secondary school and met phenomenal people I stayed with a host family and um I got to just hear people's stories and get to know another culture and um know the differences between like you know what Spaniards do (laughs) yeah so I actually have a question for you that goes into two parts so the first one is I know not so much with uh, Spain because it's Spanish and I know you know Spanish but were there any um, issues in communications with the different languages of the places you were in you'd be surprised how much body language takes care of the work for you um, I believe you actually I like I mean we learned some of the basics you know how to say hello goodbye thank you please those types of things. Oh, and we also learned how to do cheers. Um, very important. Oh, <laughs> um, that is. So um, those kind of basics we learned. Um, but then everything else, like, just took care of itself. You point to things. What about cultural differences? Like, what is what was the main cultural uh, shock, I think? that all of these different countries you visited had in common? Oh, that all of them had in common? That's a good question. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, My brain is working after this. Uh, I don't know how many hours of conference <laughs> I've been in. By the way, everyone, yes, I'm in Seattle right now. And if you hear the planes, I do have to say, I'm pretty sure you've heard the planes. Sorry about that. I'm just in a hotel mm-hmm. near the airport, like literally right next to it. I haven't heard anything, so... I- uh, yep, they're loud. Okay. <laughs> oh, yes. So, what is... Food. Food? Oh. Yes. I like that. Food is, like, number one, I think. Um, like, the common factor of all of yeah. them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, definitely more so than music. Yeah, it's, it's, like, food is, like... That's crazy. Representative of a national identity. But it's just, like, it's different than what you think it is. Like, it's not, they don't eat pasta the same oh. way that we do, you know? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You don't, you you just don't slather your pasta in sauce. Um, <laughs> and you don't, like, there's, like, a science to pasta for them. Like, there's, like, particular types of pasta go with particular types of proteins. It's been awesome to be able to travel to different places and to be able to do it because of like my career. <laughs> um, yeah. 
and you need it you you need to have that type of background yeah exactly exactly if i were to walk into the offices that i work at now without that background i would be alone um and i probably would not have gotten hired um most of the time people require you to have travel experience have studied abroad lived abroad um lived with a host family like there's a whole like list of things that they want from you in terms of traveling and that was part of the reason that I did all of that stuff was because I knew that that was what they looked for yeah um besides the fact that I mean who doesn't want to spend a spring in Spain Mm, I'm raising my hand right now (laughs) you don't (laughs) I said I'm raising my hand I do okay um that being said I've also had to juggle a shit ton of things all of the time. Um, in my senior year of college, was and that's when it started. It was ridiculously hectic. I had two jobs. I was working as a writing tutor and an, and the editor of a undergraduate journal. And then I was also doing um, an internship. Um, and I was writing my thesis and dealing with all of the relationship crap. Um yeah. And then my, you know, first year of my master's program, um, I was writing articles for an online uh, magazine, like student type magazine, um, and uh, doing another internship for the Department of State and doing a TEFL course in addition to my master's program. Um, Crazy. And and then I went abroad, and I took my finals in Spain. Um, and then I was back for about a month, like literally about a month, and then I moved to Dallas. And when I was in Dallas, I was working full-time and going and doing my, you know, master's. Um, and also, you know, having a budding relationship. Um and then now I'm here, and I'm... Where's here? DC. What? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> that um, is so awesome. Doing three internships, this podcast, and my master's program. Mind you, um, and this is something that I, I do want to say I'm proud of. I have worked my way, my way up in the internship world. <laughs> um because I started off, you know, in smaller things and um, I've worked my way into like one of the largest or actually, I guess, the world's largest um, association of international educators and um, and then a really large provider, um, third party provider in study abroad. And um, I feel very privileged to work where I work, even if they are in Definitely. And it's been working for me so far. Um, obviously, this is with the intention of getting a job, so, but you know, soon. But um, <clears throat> very soon, yes, very soon. Because someone's graduating <laughs> soon oh, too. Yeah, don't remind me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but it is exciting, and I cannot wait to see what what things get thrown at me next. <laughs> I think that's such an awesome attitude to have. 
I cannot wait to see what other thing is thrown to me next. Just today, we were having a, the keynote speaker at the conference. It was basically on managing change and how so many people dwell with change differently. And some of them are just like in denial, like, nope, I don't want change. It's great where we are now. I don't want to move forward. Like I'm saying right here. But I feel like with us, especially like the younger generation, we are so hungry for change and positive changes. But at the same time, it's kind of sucky because we have the connotation that we always want to change, no matter if we're like in a great spot. And I would beg to disagree. I feel like if we are, and correct me if I'm wrong, Alexandra, but if we are in a good spot in a business, in a relationship, in a company, in an organization that values us, that is grateful for our work, and our talents and we are getting compensated for it as much as we think we should be getting compensated for it I feel like we have it good and I personally am not looking for change anytime soon I love where I'm at look at you well I absolutely love your story Alexandra and thank you so much for sharing with us but I do have two questions number one from this journey, this crazy, powerful, and empowering journey that you have had, what road sign or tool do you wish you had seen or had that maybe could have helped you pave your road a little better? Um, well, I kind of struggle with this question because every road sign that I wish I had, I got eventually. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, I guess... Don't doubt yourself would be the thing that I would want to tell myself looking back. Don't overthink it and don't doubt yourself. That's that's valuable. That is super valuable because oh, I can go off and off and on how this is valuable, but this is very, very, very important for all you listening to digest and reflect upon. I love it. And with that being said, what is one directional sign you would leave behind for those getting ready to embark on a journey like yours? Um, This is something that um, I'm not going to take credit for it. Um, (laughs) This is something that my girlfriend says. um, And she's always telling me, be okay with the in-betweens. And I think that that's something that a lot of people struggle with. Um, There's a lot of waiting and a lot of in-betweens when we're, you know, going through, especially the beginnings of a career. And um, you have to be okay with it. You have to learn to embrace that part of where you are, that part of your journey. And just, like, be okay with the in-betweens. It's okay if you don't know what the next step is. Just enjoy what you have. As long as you're surviving, you've got, you know, you're able to do what you need to get done. um, Then you're fine. And you can figure the rest out later. I love that. Embrace the in-between. And I feel like 
living in the now can kind of tie into that because so many people are worried of like what you exactly said. What's my next step? What's my next step? What's my next step? And nobody really takes the time to take a step back and look at the bigger picture and see the in-betweens, whether that in-between is a really bad, 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 or a really, really, really good. Celebrate those accomplishments and reflect on those failures and then move past it. I think that is awesome. So thank you for sharing that one, Alexandra. So I uh, would like to close this off by saying thank you for listening again to Life Against the Current with me, Elaine Vargas and Alexandra. And just a couple of reminders. Again, we're going to be doing uh, bi-weekly episodes. And also, Alexandra is now going to be behind the scenes as editor-in-chief and coordinator of Life Against the Current. So with that being said, we're going to close this off by seeing you guys in two weeks. Thank you so much, Alexandra, for sharing your story with Thank us. Thank you. Love you much. Love you too. Oh.